1: Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury,
2: Billy the Bat Boy's Corner is presented by Up On Game Presents. The podcast feed features a diverse lineup of shows featuring entertaining and authentic personalities with unique perspectives and opinions driven by sports and pop culture. Among the programs are Conversations with a Legend with LeVar Arrington, Stay A While with Tommy Vincent, Pity Left Hook, Straight Facts, What Are Those, Business of Esports, and Billy the Bat Boy's Corner which is available on iHeartRadio and everywhere podcasts are heard. I'm Billy Pinckney, and today we're joined by Kansas City Royals prospect
3: Noah Murdoch. Noah, thank for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
2: Now, you attended the University of Virginia, played there. What was your experience like playing college ball in your home state?
3: It was really good. Um, I was very excited out of high school that I was able to commit so early. I committed as a freshman. So wow. kind of getting that off my plate as far as, you know, college decisions was really nice. Um, and to have it be the University of Virginia, especially, you know, at a time where they were having a lot of success. They were back to back College World Series appearances, one twenty fifteen. Um so a lot of hype going into uh, going into my freshman year. So I was very excited.
2: Now, you were drafted twice, first by the Nationals and then in the seventh round of the 2019 draft by the Royals. I'm sure that was an amazing moment for you and your family.
3: Absolutely. Just getting drafted at a high school was something I didn't expect. Um, I had sent out a letter to the team saying I wasn't ready. Um, I wasn't ready physically, mentally. I just wanted to go to college, get my feet on the ground, kind of learn, learn the ropes a little bit, kind of be on my own, but to get picked and you know, it was the 38th round. It was just a blessing. Not a lot of guys get an opportunity to be drafted. To do it twice was special for me.
2: Now, what were some lessons that you learned throughout your time at the University of Virginia?
3: There was a lot of maturing to be done, um, like I said, both physically and mentally. Um, But one of the things I think really helped me out, um, got me to this point, was my Tommy John surgery. I think going through that process, uh, I got to reflect, learn a lot about myself. Um, Sitting out, an entire year something that i haven't done you know obviously coming from a high school and, and being um, the pitcher that i was i didn't sit out a lot so i was always used to playing so having that year um, off and on the bench took a lot of reflection um and then kind of going into my my sophomore and junior year after that injury was when i really started to uh, to take off a little bit
2: yeah now so far we spent one season in pro ball with the royals uh, a lot of guys talk about the mechanical or mental adjustments they had to make from their college days what were some adjustments that you had to make in order to be a successful professional player?
3: Uh, I think the the hardest thing was you get a little bit of freedom, but that was also the best thing for me. Coming from you know a college program where we had a certain way that we needed to throw or pitch, um, and now having that freedom, um, it gave me the ability to really explore you know who I was as a pitcher. Um, I got to adjust some things that made me a little more comfortable. Um, I saw my velo tick up quite a bit from 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 some of those changes that I made um, and that's kind of what pro ball is you know you start to learn a lot about yourself as an individual you don't really conform to a team view um, but there's also a lot of guys that are doing their own things. So you get to learn from them as well so it's just constantly learning and you just got to be able to handle all that
2: right now with this past season being canceled for you what were some facets of your game that you were able to continue to develop and enhance
3: Uh, Everything. (laughs) This was a chance for me to uh, continue what I what I did in pro ball my first season. Uh, I had a lot of success, um, but also really kind of work on, you know, certain pitches that I wanted to sharpen or get better. Maybe throw for more strikes. Um, This off time, I think, really helped a lot of people. And I'm sure it hurt a lot of people, Um, but I was actually able to change every single grip of all my pitches. Um, and really take a look at Rapsodo, um and try to figure out what I wanted my pitches to do. But the toughest thing was, you know, you end up working on certain pitches, but you don't have batters all the time, especially in this off time, to see how effective they are. So a lot of it is just kind of playing by feel and playing by what you see and uh, trusting the communication from whoever's catching you to tell you what the uh, what the pitch is doing
2: right now. You have a ball right there. You want to take us through those pitches and maybe what you've been working on.
3: Absolutely. So I'm a primarily two seam pitcher. So you know, a lot of guys will end up throwing their fingers right on the seams like that. But for me, I feel like I get a lot of attention at my fingertips and it actually bruises me a little bit if I'm too much on the seam. So what I'll do is I'll pull the ball down and I'll put it on no seam. So I'll put it right in between right in that horseshoe right there. Um, Like I said, a lot of guys traditional two seam, but I'll put my fingers together in between the seams um, just to take a little bit of pressure because the laces can tear you up quite a bit, especially if you're a harder thrower. Um, so that would be my, my two-seam grip. Um, when I do throw my four-seam, which will typically be up in the zone, um, you know, 0-2 count, um, I'll just do my fingers together, a typical four-seam grip. Um, now, my curveball was a big adjustment for me this year. So for the quarantine, you know, like I said, I changed all my grip. So typically, I was a traditional... Um, you know, in this horseshoe right here type of guy. Um, and then I started to get more into the spin rate um, and adjusting, you know, my depth of my ball. And I realized that spiking, doing a little spike grip uh, is yeah. what helped me the most. And I've never been, you know, a guy that is like the spike grip. It's very uncomfortable at first. You, you almost feel like you're holding it with one finger. Um, but getting that, that fingernail on the ball for me allowed me to get a little bit more on top of it um, and have more depth. So that's been really successful for me. Um, and then for my slider, I go with my, what would be my four seam typical grip across those seams. Um, and basically I just kind of put them together on the side of the ball. And this allows me to think that I'm throwing a fastball, but with my fingers slightly on the side, now the ball kind of comes off naturally with that same arm speed, um, and kind of come off the fingers off the side a little bit. So I get a little bit more of that harder, sharper action that I want out of my slider. Um, and my change-up, which is kind of what I'm developing right now, especially because I'm just kind of playing catch and not really on the mound, has been quite a work in progress. They say, you know, you really need to find something that's comfortable for you in order for it to work. And I've done a lot of finger adjustments. I'll do that forcing grip like my fastball, but I'll just kind of put these two fingers on the ball. And I've been, you know, kind of adjusting my fingers a little bit, and nothing's really ever worked for me. And then I kind of realized uh, I've been playing catch with it recently, and it's really been working, that it's really not about the fingers up here. It's about my thumb. So I'll take that traditional circle change grip, whatever people want to do. And I've had my thumb kind of, you know, on the side of the ball. And now I'm starting to put the thumb under the ball. So this kind of allows these two fingers right here to slip over that thumb, that thumb was kind of blocking off that spin at first. And now that it's under the ball, I can kind of turn it over a little bit better. So that's been uh, very successful for me. But yeah, those are my grips.
4: It's awesome. You
2: feel that pronating at all affects your arm in any way?
3: So I've been, I've always been a guy that's tried to pronate and you look at guys like Devin Williams, Luis Castillo, and those guys really kind of get on side of the ball. Um, For me, that doesn't really work as much. I've tried so hard to get it to pronate, but like I said, you know, now that I'm kind of getting that thumb under the ball, it's almost a natural motion for it to go on the left side of that thumb. Um, before, because that thumb was blocking it off, I have to get it over the thumb. But if the right. thumb's already under, it just naturally comes off. So that's worked for me. And I think that's that's big for any kid that wants to learn change-up grip is play around with the thumb as well. Don't just forget about it.
2: Right. And then going back to that spike curveball grip, a lot of guys seem to be wanting to throw that pitch. It's a nasty pitch if you get it down right. So that's great. Absolutely. Uh, now, another thing is you're a tall guy, 6'8". Pitchers are typically on the taller side, but how do you feel being a taller pitcher has affected your game in a positive or negative way?
3: I think the positives of it are definitely the intimidation factor, you know, <laughs> you see a lot of guys um, on the mound on TV that are, you know, I think a, a guys like Garrett Cole, who, you know, he's 6'4", 6'3", whatever, he's pretty tall, but you can easily tell when a guy is 6'6", is six, six or above when he's on the mound, and it, it kind of has that presence, that's really good, right. um, but there are quite a bit of negative effects, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, my long arms, long legs, so Um, A lot of my development physically is not only getting stronger to fill my frame, but it's making sure that I'm staying athletic. Um, And I give a lot of credit to the Royals because a part of our program is not just the lifting uh, aspect or the conditioning. There's a lot of athletic development, a lot of um, sprinting movements, side to side movements, making sure that we're limber. And I think really honing in on the athletic development side of conditioning and lifting has been uh, very crucial for me.
2: Right. And I'm sure that played a major role, too, in how hard you throw throw throwing the upper 90s. Do you feel there are any keys to throwing that hard or do you feel that some of it's natural or there's some ability, some things that you have to go through in order to gain that velocity?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of different aspects, Um, just alluding to the athletic development part, you know, being able to move quicker down the mound. um, You know, like I said, some of those lateral movements that I kind of work on before I lift. Um, are huge because learning how to move your body quickly, laterally, especially as a pitcher is is important. Um, but there are definitely a lot of other things. I've had to adjust my arm path, um, a quicker, cleaner arm path, especially after my Tommy John surgery was crucial for me. Um, and just, you know, one of my favorite quotes, I think it was a Charlie Morton quote when he had a big uptick in velocity was, you know, I wanted to throw harder. So I woke up one day, and said, I'm just going to throw harder. <laughs> you know, there's so a lot of it's intent. You know what I mean? Like you you get up there, you can't just think you're going to throw harder. You have to really feel like you're in it. And this goes to catch play as well. You know, when you're long tossing um, your bullpens in between outings, you got to have that intent. And I think the intent that I've learned um, with my quickness that I've developed with the athletic development has been very big for me. All
2: right. Now you're also on the Royals' top 30 prospect list. As a player on that list, Do you pay attention to it much or you mainly focus on letting your performance on the field take care of itself?
3: No, I mean, it's hard to focus on it right now, especially because I've only had half a season. You know, I still have a lot to prove in this organization. I still have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot left to to show as far as my ability to pitch. Um, And I think one of the biggest things is. You know, when I was in college, I struggled pitching deep into games. And if I want to be a starter, the biggest thing for me is pitching through a long season and showing that I can, you know, one, last physically, and two, take it, you know, game by game and pitch deep into those games. So for me, you know, when I got that news, it was actually a friend that sent it to me off of a Twitter post. And it was exciting. You know, obviously, that's something, uh, it's a big step in the right direction. It's a little bit of acknowledgement for the hard work. But um, for me, I know that I need a season to prove what I got
2: now throughout your baseball journey who have been some figures
3: who have influenced your game along the way oh uh literally every pitcher that has success in the big leagues um i look at guys like jacob de Trevor bauer uh steven strasberg max scherzer i look at you know all the greats because that's who i want to be you know what i mean and uh, for me it's not about taking one guy and emulating him to a t it's about taking bits and pieces from everybody so you know, a guy like DeGrom, who is you know, built very similar to me, long and lanky, He's got a, a very good fastball. So I want to see what he does when he throws his fastball throw it like that. Um, a guy like Steven Strasburg with a nasty changeup. I want to see how he throws that changeup. Um, you know, and Trevor Bauer, the way he moves and how efficient he is and his, and his mechanics is, is big. Um, so I like to take bits and pieces from everybody and, and not limit myself to one person. Um, and then that's just kind of how I develop myself. You know, that's how I make my own my own pitcher. In a few sentences, how would you describe your game and yourself as a player? I'm competitive. Um, Every time I go out there, I want to win. Sometimes it's a friendly competition. Maybe I want to be better than the previous day starter. You know, I want to make sure that every time I go out there, um, I'm better than I was the last time uh, and I want to win. And and I think the Royals do a really good job of instilling that winning mindset in every player that comes into the organization. Um, So it's an easy transition for me just to come into an organization like this and And want to win
2: the last question i'll ask you today is what advice you would give to younger prospects whether in high school or college who might be going through that process of recruitment or getting drafted
3: uh don't focus too much on on being that one position guy Uh, play other sports stay athletic um, learn your body through other sports i think me being a three-sport athlete in high school playing volleyball and basketball is why i'm so limber and i'm able to control my long body Um, play multiple sports don't focus too hard on baseball and make sure that wherever, whatever school you go to it's school, then baseball, you got to really make sure that academics come first. Cause I struggle with that starting off and that, uh, that hinders a little bit of the baseball development.
2: Great stuff. No, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. So you guys watching, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.
4: 2025 qx80 coming this summer today's episode is brought to you by the american society of magical negroes a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring justice smith david allen greer Anne lee bogan and nicole byer as an official selection of sundance 2024 the american society of magical negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see only in theaters this friday Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film dot com to get tickets now.
1: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
4: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
1: We're the hosts of Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.